0: So, this is just a PSA announcement, I suppose, for today's episode. Um, today's episode is about Iceland, and if you've never been to Iceland, or if you've never read anything from Iceland, uh, you may not know this, but the, the words there are rather interesting. So, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now that there is a 99% chance that I'm going to mispronounce every single word uh, in today's podcast. Um, and I'm, I'm really not even going to try. So if you want to know, um, the spelling or the exact places, if you, if you can't, you know, kind of phonetically figure it out and Google it, um, you'll just check out my Instagram at, at educate your travel. It'll be on there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a interesting episode. So buckle up and let's get into it. And welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Man, it's halfway through the summer and it has been pretty crazy already. I've gone on quite a few trips. Um, I have a few shorter ones I'll be talking about, uh, probably on another episode. But on this episode, I'm going to be talking solely about Iceland. Um, And this place was incredible. I mean, you uh, you see pictures all over the internet of Iceland, but it's normally of a few... You know specific places like the um or the um over there on uh, on the west side of the country or you might see uh, some pictures of Vic down there in the south next to Black Diamond Beach um, but honestly the entire country was just that beautiful um, and the most frustrating part of this entire trip was the fact that you couldn't just stop and take a picture every time you know, you saw something that was picture worthy because everything was, and you would, you know, just be stopping all the time. So you had to kind of choose, choose your battles there. Um, But it was, it was an awesome trip. There was, you know, so much to do, so much to see. Um, I got fortunate because it is summertime. So it's, you know, light 24 hours a day there. Uh, And so my sleep schedule was Pretty ridiculous. I would, you know, stay out hiking or driving until like three or four in the morning, uh, and then I'd find a place, pull over, and sleep in my car uh, for a couple hours, and then I'd wake up around six or seven, and then I would drive or go hiking for a few more hours, and then I would, you know, get tired around 11, 12 in the afternoon, take a couple hour nap, and then you know I would just kind of like do this like whole night, like I would take a nap, do something take another nap do something Um, and so it was pretty crazy I never really got onto Icelandic time I don't think just because I didn't have to so that was pretty cool and everything was you know outdoors and so it's not like I had to really adhere to a strict timetable I could do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted it didn't matter Um, so that was really awesome I will say there are a ton of people traveling this summer and I don't know if it's because You know, over the past year, year and a half, all the traveling I've done, there's been like no one in airports. It's been empty. I've had, you know, rows to myself in flights. um, And I just got used to that. But I mean, there were lines, 30 minute hour long waits in airports. Um, It was pretty crazy. They were bumping people off flights, canceling flights. Um, Pretty ridiculous. Uh, But it's, you know, it's, Good to see everything getting back to normal, I suppose. Um, And this is just one of those things. So, um, there weren't a ton of people in Iceland, um, and so I was pretty fortunate once again to have a lot of sites, you know, by myself. And I was out there at weird hours anyway, so um, it was it was pretty nice, and it was pretty great timing. So, the first thing is, you know, you flew or I flew into Reykjavik, um, and You know it was at the tail end of the requirement of where you had to get tested um, upon arrival there in Reykjavik so I got the test at the airport I went to my rental car agency Um, they took forever to get their stuff you know figured out and normally you'd kind of be frustrated like why is it taking me an hour and a half to get my rental car but when you can't do anything anyways because you're waiting on your negative test results it's like well whatever I'll just chill here in the lobby Um, So, after about, it it took at least an hour to get my rental car, Um, and you're over, most of the rental car places are in Keflavik, which is where the airport is, and it's about a 40, 45 minute drive to Reykjavik there. Uh, And so, uh, I got my car, I drove to Reykjavik, uh, and I actually stayed right downtown, I stayed right across the street, uh, pretty much, from the big, famous church there, the, Halgrimskirksja church Um, and it was like the cheapest place to stay in all of Reykjavik so it was great location great price Uh, I actually stayed there at the tail end of my trip on the way out of Iceland as well Um, so I really I was exhausted I really hadn't slept much at all Um, and when I landed it was like four in the morning back in the states so um, I got to my hotel checked in um, and, uh, I paid a little extra to check in early and got in there, laid down on my bed and passed out for about three or four hours. And when I woke up, I had a text notification saying that I had, you know, a negative test result from my COVID test there at the airport and I was ready to rock and roll. So I immediately got up, went over to the Hallgrim Skirja church, um, and kind of walked around inside. There were quite a few people in there. Um, there was a guy like playing the organ, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then you can actually pay, I think it was about $8 or something like that, and you can go up to the very top of the church, um, up in the steeple. And so I went ahead and did that. The view is not that incredible. I mean, there's not too much to see there in Reykjavik as far as like a skyline or anything like that. Um, but it was really cool just to kind of see where I was in the city Um, and it allowed me to pick out a few different things around the city that was close to me that I wanted to walk to Um, and so I there was like this one church near a little little pond or lake down there in the middle of the the city there Um, that looked pretty cool and I ended up walking there that afternoon so it's kinda just good to get your bearings Um, and you know it's not a bad view and it's not too expensive so um, it's one of the touristy things I guess you can do there in Reykjavik Um, so also, right in front of the church, there's um, a statue of Leif Erikson, uh, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty awesome statue there, um, and you can't really miss it if you're going to the church. Um, one thing, parking wise, um, half of the city is like paid parking, the other half is not. You can actually park in the parking lot of the church for free, um, and so you know there's not too much parking, so you might have to drive around a little bit. Um, but I was able to park there. Um, for all three nights, I guess. I stayed in Iceland, uh, in Reykjavik, uh, and I didn't have to pay for parking. Otherwise, if you like park on the street um, or something, then you might have to pay, but that's a good place to park um, for free. Um, So there's also the Sun Voyager statue, um, which is along the coast. It's probably about a mm, 15-minute walk from the church. Uh, It's nothing you know crazy but it's a pretty cool scenic area in and of itself so you might as well check it out while you're there. Now the top thing especially right now um, is the Fagradalsfjall volcano that is currently erupting. Um, it started back in March and I was actually kind of worried that I might not even get to see it um, but fortunately it was still you know erupting and you know lava was still going everywhere so that was pretty awesome um, I went several times I guess twice uh, I went that first night um, and the lava field was still growing you could still see um, the lava you know flowing at the edges of the field there um, I kinda of missed like peak times because the day before I had gotten there I met some people and talked to them and they said basically the lava field had doubled almost in 24 hours and there was like just a torrent of lava flowing through the, through the field there um, the night before. So it was quieting down when I got there, and then it kind of picked back up after I left. Um, but I was still able to get some cool shots of lava, and I'd never really been around it before, um, so it was pretty sweet. Um, there's two different hikes, I guess, that you can kind of do. Um, the first one, I think they have names. I think it's like trek A and trek B I do not know which one is which Um, but one if you are coming from the parking lot it's about a 10 15 minute walk to the actual lava field and mind you this thing is continuing continuing to grow Um, like a couple days before I got there it had covered an entire path that allowed you to walk all the way up to the actual cones Um, so this might not even be an option by the time you're hearing it Um, but It's about a 15 minute walk to the lava field and then if you go to the, basically if you stare straight ahead there's this pretty large mountain in front of you or large hill Um, and so you kind of walk to the right of the lava field Um, and it it probably took me about an hour uh, to do the hike and you can hike up to some um, like antennas, um, some like radio antennas up there and that gives you, uh, you can kind of see the cones from there. Um, it's not a great view, um, but you can see the cones. I think you could walk farther, but I was pretty exhausted (laughs) because that was still like the first day I'd gotten there and it was like midnight. Um, so it had been a really long day. It's a really, it's honestly a super steep hike. Uh, but there was like, you know, 80 year old grandma's doing the hike too. So they kind of either motivate you or just make you feel terrible about yourself. So that's one of the hikes. The other hike is to walk on the left side of the lava field or there's actually a trail on your way to the lava field that cuts off to the left that you can take as well. Um, This one allows you to get a lot closer to the cones. Um, I would say I was probably a couple hundred yards from the cones at this spot. Um, You do have to be a little bit more careful on this one because it is, you know, it's like there's a drop off to the edge that goes down to the lava field. Um, So you kind of just have to be worried about that. Uh, and then also you are like right on top of the lava field and so you can get like the fumes and stuff from um, the lava and the natural gas I suppose. Um, so you can get a little lightheaded up on that side so just be careful. Step you know step back when the wind starts blowing the wrong direction. Um, but that's definitely in the better views um, out of the two. Uh, the last day I was there I actually hiked up to this, um, this point. Uh, and you could actually just see the cones and you could see the lava, just like a river of lava coming out, which is pretty crazy. Um, there it was supposed to rain like the next two days and a huge thick, you know, fog, uh, fog rolled in. Uh, and so I was standing up there and there was probably like 15 or 20 of us up there on this ridge watching um, the lava. And eventually like people start leaving and I'm like, I'm going to get a couple more shots. Cause like the fog would come in and then it would go out and you'd get like a few, you know, a minute or so of clear, um, of a clear view. So I was like, oh, I'll wait a few minutes. And so eventually I realized there's like only one other person left up there and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to be the last person here. So I pack up all my stuff and I start hiking out and I remembered the route up, but I was like, I hiked pretty close to the edge on the way in because it was clear and I could see everything, but... I can't see like you know three feet in front of me so I'm gonna go ahead and hike up to the ridge the very top of the mountain here and then just hike that all the way back so it'll be a little bit safer well all these mountains are like made from lava and so there's like these huge boulders and then there's like moss growing on top of them and so there's these big spaces in between the rocks but you don't really know where they are because they're covered in moss and so You kind of have to like really take your time in between these steps Um, and it's kind of tedious there for a little bit Um, so I'm walking and I was kind of I was having flashbacks to my time at Arches National Park where I couldn't find my way off this cliff and so I'm walking I'm walking and I'm like okay I know I'm to the point where I was before and like I should cut over to the left but when I walk over to the left it's like just kind of drops down to the lava field and I know that I came up this way but when it's super foggy and you can't really see anything, it's a little bit more scary, I suppose, to try and go back down it because I don't want to get stuck and not be able to come back up and then there just be, you know, lava below me. So I continue to walk along the, the lava field there or the ridge of the mountain next to the lava field. And I finally get to uh, like basically the end of this hill. And so I'm like, OK, I think I know where I am. Uh, I guess I'm just going to go for it. And so I just start climbing down this mountain. And every once in a while, you'd see a footprint and you're like, okay, at least one other person's been here. So it can't be like a total, you know, total disaster coming up. Um, And so I've worked my way down. I finally realized where I am on this, you know, trek. Um, And so I get a little bit of, you know, sigh, a bit of relief uh, and then continue along the actual trail that was there and find my way out. Um, But it did get a little bit hairy there um so you know make sure you're prepared you know the route um and maybe don't stay until you can't see anymore that would probably be the best advice um for that little trek there (laughs) the other side is not quite as dangerous um, and this side probably wasn't too dangerous uh either but just be uh, cautious there okay so that was about all i did in Reykjavik. i did do quite a bit of just walking around there's an artsy little district down there next to the church Um, And there's just like a there's a ton of different little shops, souvenir shops, you know, artsy shops. Um, So I would just, you know, wander around. There's a ton to do. Um, And yeah, so one thing is probably one of my biggest recommendations for traveling to Iceland is one to rent a car, but then two rent something that you can sleep in, Um, especially during the summer if I would have booked, you know, accommodations along the way, I would have really restricted what I did. um, And, you know, just my travel time. Uh, I did not I knew that I would be able to stay out later than normal, but I had no way of predicting that I would, you know, stay up until four in the morning doing activities, and then just sleeping for a couple hours and then, you know, doing six more hours worth of activities and then taking a nap or whatever. Uh, And so I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had rented accommodation. So this really freed up my schedule. Um, And I actually got back into Reykjavik like a day early simply because I didn't sleep (laughs) very much at all on this trip. Uh, So whether it's a camper, whether it's uh, I got a a duster, it's called a duster, um, and you could lay down the back seats and I could, you know, lay flat horizontally or vertically. Vertically, I could lay horizontally, I could lay flat like diagonally um, in the back of the car and it was pretty comfy Um, so what I did do was I obviously couldn't take like blankets I guess I could have taken a sleeping bag or something like that but one thing I read online was go to a thrift store and buy your like sleeping materials there so that's what I did I found this thrift store um, and I bought like two pretty warm blankets for eight $8 uh, which is pretty cheap Uh, and I drew the line at pillows. I've done a lot of weird, maybe gross things on these trips, Um, but I was not going to buy a thrift store pillow. Uh, I just used like some clothes and my backpack (laughs) instead. So there it is. There's there's my hard line of things I won't do while traveling, and that's buying a thrift store pillow um, when I'm sleeping in the back of my car. (laughs) Um, But I did buy a blanket. I didn't get any rashes or weird diseases I don't think yet uh, from them. So um, there you go. That saved me a lot of money and I didn't have to pack all that gear. And then I just re-donated them um, before I left uh, Reykjavik. So I spent, like I said, one pretty much full day there in Reykjavik. Uh, And then the next day I set off to do the Ring Road. Now the Ring Road is Highway 1 It totally is the circumference of iceland and goes around the entire country um that's a pretty popular route to travel um you probably more popular than that is the golden circle just because it's you know you can do it in a day from Reykjavik um and so i went ahead i threw the golden circle into the ring road um and set off now there are a bunch of roads that are called f roads that go into the center of iceland For those, you need 4x4s, which I had a 4x4 vehicle, um, and I did drive through a couple of them, but a lot of them you're like driving through rivers and things like that, and I was not up for that. And at the time of planning the trip, I didn't even know if I'd have time to do it, so I didn't really plan anything. Now, I will say this. I don't know about you, but whenever I leave for a trip, there's always in the back of my head, what did I forget? And there's always something, whether it's like, oh, I forgot, you know, all of my socks and underwear, or I forgot, like, my charger, you know, there's always something. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse uh, than other times. But I was driving to Dallas at, like, 4 in the morning before I left, and I realized I had forgotten my entire itinerary for this trip. Um, I had spent, you know, a couple weeks just, like, writing down my day-by-day schedule and I had left it in my backpack in my living room and I was like well I'm not turning around like it was going to be a close call to get to my flight anyways so I was like well I have like an eight hour layover in New York I guess I'll just remake it and so that's what I did I sat down in New York and I legit redid two or two weeks worth of planning in like three or four hours um I think I got pretty much everything. I came back and I started like comparing the two and everything seemed pretty similar. Um I think I actually added a couple of things um that I was really glad I added. So, you know, in the end I think it probably worked out for the better, but it was still pretty like oh my gosh, like how am I going to plan this entire trip in a couple hours? Um so anyways, you can do the Ring Road Either clockwise or counterclockwise. I've heard you know differing opinions on either one. I've heard do um, counterclockwise because then you you knock out all the really touristy areas first, and then you can kind of just enjoy the peace and quiet of the north of Iceland by yourself to finish it off. And I've also heard doing it the opposite way, going clockwise, because then you finish and save the best for last, which is the southern part of uh, the country. There, I. I began planning it to go clockwise, um, because I wanted to, you know, avoid the crowds as much as possible. Uh, But then I determined that if I went counterclockwise, then I would hit sunsets and sunrises at all the places that I wanted to. So that's what I did. And once again, it really didn't turn out at all like that, because I was just constantly driving and exploring no matter what time of day it was. Um, But it worked out and I really did enjoy going counterclockwise. I did, you know, like going to the main tourist attractions first. And then like once you break through Vic, um, in the Southeast corner of the country, then it's like, okay, I'm out of the tourist country and you know, it might be two hours before I pass another car on this highway. So I, I do recommend going counterclockwise around the ring road. Um, I really enjoyed going that route, but, you know, maybe I'll have to go again and do it the other direction and see what happens. So, as soon as you leave Reykjavik, I recommend doing the Golden Circle. There are quite a few different stops on the Golden Circle, um, but there's Thingvellir National Park. Um, There is Geyser, uh, which is like a geyser field. It's actually like the OG geyser, I guess, that every geyser got its name from this one. Um, and then the geyser doesn't actually really erupt anymore, but there is another geyser called Strokor that's like right next to it, and it goes up every, at least every five minutes. I was there probably 10 minutes and saw it go off like four times, Um, and so that was pretty cool, especially my last geyser. Actually, my only other geyser was Old Faithful, which is obviously faithful because that's its name, Um, but still it was like you know, an hour to two hours before it would go off. So, just standing there for five minutes and seeing it go off, and then you're like, huh, I didn't get a good picture. Let me wait another five minutes. And then it goes off again. Uh, it, it's pretty cool. Now, um, there's also a Gulfoss, um as well along the Golden Circle. Um, but first off, Thingvellir National Park, it's really beautiful. There's a lot to see there, but the main places is um, there's a, uh, a waterfall right there. And this is where. They had like their, like their tribal meetings. I suppose when Iceland was first um, inhabited, uh, like all the different little towns or people groups would send a leader or a representative to Thingvellir, and they would have like two weeks worth of law meetings and like you know, court sessions and things like that. So this was sort of like the center of their like democracy or whatever. Um, and so it's a pretty special place there in Iceland. Um, and it's very pretty as well. There's a lot to do there. And that's that was my first, like, big waterfall that I saw there in Iceland. Uh, so then, like I said, Geyser is probably another hour drive away. Uh, and then there is Gullfoss, um, which is pretty amazing as well it's one of the most powerful um, waterfalls there in Iceland and I mean it kind of just blows you away I mean you can hear it from so far away and then you finally get out there and there's just tons and tons of water just going over this it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous now there's also this is not on the golden circle but there is another waterfall that's a maybe like an hour detour off the Golden Circle and it's called Hifas. Uh and this is one of the tallest waterfalls in all of Iceland. Um, when I went there it was so incredibly windy um, I could not even stand up it was so windy and when you're standing on like the edge of a cliff to see this waterfall it's kinda terrifying um, but it was it was pretty incredible it was so tall um, and there's actually two there's two main waterfalls and there's kind of like this little trickle waterfall thing there um that's pretty impressive um this was down one of those f i don't know if it was actually an f row but it was pretty pretty bumpy there for at times um but i definitely think it was worth you know the hour detour or so i'm um, going to high foss there now um when so i didn't I did the top of the Golden Circle there and then I didn't actually complete the circle because that would have taken me back to Reykjavik, but I headed um, south um, towards Highway 1, towards the Ring Road to kind of, you know, catch the road and then continue the circle. Uh, I did a lot of detours from the Ring Road, so I didn't actually stay on Highway 1 the entire way. I would like leave it and then, you know, catch up with it later um, and so on. So. I was driving and I come up and I was just driving, it was probably like midnight at this point. Um, I was just driving along and I'm heading to Seljonsfoss, um, which is the waterfall that you can walk behind. It's really cool, Um, it's a pretty large waterfall in and of itself, but just being able to walk behind the waterfall just is unique um, as well. So I'm driving along, it's it's almost sunset, I timed this perfectly on a complete accident. So I get there. The sun is going down and the, the great thing about going during summer is it's like sunset for three hours. So, you know, you're like, oh, there's a pretty sunset view right here. I'm going to stop and take pictures. And then, you know, you're like driving for another hour and then there's still like this beautiful sunset light going on for more pictures. So it's pretty awesome. And yeah, just if you're a photographer, that's the place to go. So I get to Seljens Foss, and when I get there, I park in the parking lot, and I notice there's this like van parked next to me, and there's this dude sleeping in his van. And so I'm like, okay. I didn't really know where I was going to sleep there. I had plotted out um, campgrounds along the way um, that I could kind of stop at if I was in that, those locations. But I was like, this dude's just sleeping here in this parking lot. Like, why don't I do that? So anyways i go up i you know explore the waterfall you know enjoy the sunset there and then i go back to my car and there's like a parking meter that you can pay for and it's like five dollars for the entire day worth of parking so i'm like well if i buy this parking pass then they technically can't like kick me out like for sleeping here like i paid to park here for 24 hours so i went ahead and bought the pass slept in the car at this beautiful waterfall um and yeah, that was my first experience of sleeping in my car in Iceland and it was pretty, pretty awesome. I will say my rental car was not the best, uh, to say the least. And one of the problems with it was my driver's door would not shut completely. And so there was like probably a half inch crack that went along the entire door frame and let in all the cold air. So, you know, it was like 30 degrees at midnight or whenever, and so it got pretty chilly in there. But I, you know, sleep in my jacket, and I had my blankets and everything. So it's not like I was gonna freeze or anything. It was just a little bit more uncomfortable uh, than it needed to be. So I, like I said, I slept there for a few hours. Um, you know, just like I would stay up till like four in the morning. You know, other people were showing up there at like two or three um, and being loud and everything, and so. It wasn't the best night's sleep I'd had, uh, but it got the job done. Uh, so after that, um, I got up and I headed to um, which is another, you know, amazing waterfall. This is one of the most impressive waterfalls that I saw um, on this on this trip. And you can actually, there's a staircase that climbs up the side of the waterfall there, and you can climb to the very top. And I actually didn't know this at the time, but there's a trail that you can continue walking um, that goes basically up this river that feeds Seljan's Foss. Uh, and along this trail, there's like tons of waterfalls. It's actually called the Trail of Waterfalls. I think there's like 30 waterfalls on this trail. Uh, I think it's like five miles long. I, so basically I got up to the top and there's this other family up there with me and then they just started along this trail and I'm like, Huh, oh, that'd be pretty. I'm going to go ahead and walk a little ways as well. Like I just figured it might be like a mile long or something. So I'm hiking and it's been about an hour. I didn't bring any water. I'm wearing just like tennis shoes because I was not prepared to do a hike. I thought I was just going to climb up to the top of the waterfall. I've been climbing for like an hour at this point and I'm like there's no end in sight Like this family is probably half a mile ahead of me I can see them and then there was this other lady who started like before I had even gone up to the top of the waterfall and I could see her way off in the distance still walking and so luckily I had a signal I look up on my phone like first off what am I hiking right now and second off how long is this trail so I think the trail was like five miles long or something and I'm pretty sure I'd done like three of it at least at this point and so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm turning around. Like, I don't have any water. And I would, like, drink along the way in the streams and stuff. But I was like, I'm pretty tired. It was, it was just not – I was not up to hike five miles at that point in the day. So I turn around. I walk back. Um, it was a beautiful hike the entire way. So, I mean, if you're prepared to hike the five miles, definitely go for it. It's well worth uh, the hike. There's sheep everywhere, waterfalls. I think the trail actually even goes like farther than that. Um, and it like goes to another town or something because I saw people hiking with like backpacker backpacks um, and stuff like that. And I looked up later and it's like a 20 something kilometer hike you can do um, from that starting point to this other town. Um, so yeah, make sure you do at least a little bit of that hike. The first waterfall after Seljan Foss is probably the worst one of the entire trek. So, if you get there and you're like, wow, this was stupid, like, don't stop there. (laughs) Go ahead and at least go to the second waterfall after that one, um, and then continue if you feel like it or not. Um, So, after that, I went to Fiara Beach. Um, This is the black sand beach that has, like, the pillar, the basalt column pillar wall, um, and there's, like, this basalt column cave, it's really awesome. Um, unfortunately, there were so many people there. This beach is like right outside of Vik, which is probably one of the most touristy places in Iceland, um, maybe besides like Reykjavik. Uh, and so there were a ton of people on this beach. I tried to get a couple pictures and it just was not happening. Like I stood at one place that I wanted to take a picture and you know, I'm, I'm pretty polite when I'm out there, you know, uh, I'm standing there and I had a film camera with me so I was taking film so I, I couldn't just snap a bunch of pictures I had to you know be careful with what I shot. So there's obviously you know like these two or three girls up there on these basalt columns like doing photo shoots or whatever and so I'm just okay I'll I'll stand here and wait a couple minutes. So I wait about 5 minutes and then they like move to a different column and then they're like it's like how many pictures can you take up there? And so after about 15 minutes, I'm I'm am literally still standing there waiting to take my picture like I've scouted out where I'm standing like I'm ready as soon as they move I'm going to just snap a picture and leave. So they get down on like sweet and as literally as soon as they get out of the frame like this other person like runs up there and I'm like, "Are you serious? Like there's literally a line here of people waiting to take this picture and you're just going to like cut everybody?" So I'm like, "Can this person wait?" And the girl who was taking her picture was like, oh, she's already on the column, I'm sorry. And I'm like, wow, okay. So, yeah, so they took their pictures, and then they got off, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty annoying. There were way too many people there. I took my picture finally and left, and, yeah, if you like crowds, I guess you, you should go there. Um, <laughs> also, right outside, probably like five minutes from Rennes Fiara Beach, um, is Solheimusendor wreck, the plane wreck that's on the beach there? Um, this was at the very beginning of my ring road trip, and I was already behind because I'd spent so much time the day before doing the Golden Circle. So I was like, okay, I have to skip some stuff. I was already like, you know, purging my schedule of things to do. Um, so I skipped this because I read that it's like, you know, there's a ton of people um, at the plane wreck, which if there's half as many as there were at this beach, I believe it. So you can't even get really good pictures. Um, and it's like, you know, a 45 minute hike through just sand with nothing around really worthwhile to see. So I went ahead and skipped it. I might go back. Like if I go back, I might stop, um, to check it out. Uh, but at the time it was not a high priority and I don't really regret not going to that beach. Uh, but it is in between, um Stilgens Foss and Reus Fiara Beach. So if you do want to look at that, um, it's there. and I guess you should spend maybe two two and a half hours um, at that stop. There's a pretty easy to spot parking lot right there that you, you stop at and just do the do the little hike there. Um, so you know as soon as you leave the beach there, um, you hit Vic uh, and there's Vicky Myrtle. Um, I think they're the same thing. Uh, I think Vik just means, like, town or something in Icelandic, and so Vicky Myrtle is the actual town. There's a pretty famous church there. It has beautiful views overlooking the ocean, Um, and there's always, like, these beautiful purple, almost blue bonnet-looking flowers just all over the church grounds. Um, It was actually, like, Icelandic Independence Day when I was there, and for some reason, like, all the churches were full that day, so I don't know if they just have, like, services. Like, that's a special day where they have like church services or something um but there was like a ton of cars in the parking lot and the parking lot just like encapsules the church so i couldn't really get too many good pictures of the church there but um it's just sitting up right on the hill and you you can see it from uh the ring road so it's you know it's worth a detour to go up there and just take a look at the view um it is it is a pretty a pretty church and a pretty view um from that hill Um, So, from there, I went ahead and I drove to Black Diamond Beach. Black Diamond Beach is awesome. Uh, But before you actually get there, you go past several stops for the Joel Sarlin Glacier Lagoon. Uh, And so, you can pull off at a few different places, walk over like this little tiny hill, and then there's just this huge lagoon that's full of glaciers. Um, And it's pretty awesome. I've never really seen glaciers like that before. Uh, And so, it's kind of took took me aback. I mean the glaciers were like this light blue color um, and it was just super beautiful. Um, so make sure you stop at the Glacier Lagoon. Uh, I, you know, Like I said there's multiple stops. I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. Um, so just you know pull over at one and I probably spent like 30 minutes there. I didn't really hike that much. I you know walked a little ways up and down um, the lagoon there. But the Glacier Lagoon, lagoon feeds Black Diamond Beach so all the glaciers from there's a glacier that you'll pass like you'll see it creeping through the mountain ranges is pretty crazy and then those glaciers feed the glacier lagoon and then the glacier lagoon goes out into um the ocean and then um as the tide comes in or out it pushes um these glaciers back onto the black diamond or black back onto the black beach there and then there's like all these you know clear beautiful pieces of ice just laid about on this black beach Uh, and they do look like little diamonds just everywhere on the beach it's pretty cool i know sometimes you go there's like nothing there like on the beach and so just wait until the tide comes in uh, and that'll push these sometimes big huge glaciers onto the beach sometimes they're smaller Um, it's a pretty awesome place i probably spent an hour there just walking up and down the beach Um, there were quite a few people there but it wasn't like too crowded or packed. It was really cool, and that was one of my favorite spots actually um, to visit. Uh, near Black Diamond Beach, kind of is Stocksness Beach, um, and this is there's actually a viewpoint to overlook the beach. And I forgot about this until I actually came back. That was you know one of the things on my original itinerary that got lost while I redid the entire other itinerary. Um, but there's a place where you can actually get above the beach and then it's just a beautiful expansive view of the beach. I actually drove out to the beach, which I'm glad I did because it was absolutely fantastic. Um, there is a horse ranch there and Icelandic horses are phenomenal. They have like these huge long manes, huge like wishy tails. Um, they're really beautiful. And so I went by this horse ranch on the way to the beach and they were there was um i guess there were there was just one there was a pony uh and then a couple larger horses there and they were just like they would come up to you and they were just so so pretty uh and it was just it was it was just so photogenic did these horses and then there are these mountains in the background um, it's really cool Uh, And then if you continue on to the beach, there's like these mounds of sand um, with like grass growing out of them. I don't know. They're really weird. It's not like it's a really sandy beach, but there's just these random mounds all over the beach, which just gives it a unique look that I've never really seen before. Um, And so it's literally, you know, maybe a 10 minute detour off the ring road. And so I highly recommend um, stopping there at Stocksness Beach now one thing that's absolutely crazy about iceland is there are these huge tunnels that go through legit mountains and i'm not talking about like one of those tunnels that you drive through where it's like oh, i'm gonna hold my breath and see if i can you know hold it until i leave the tunnel i tried that (laughs) i tried that on the first tunnel and i about died probably a quarter of the way through these tunnels are miles long and you'll be driving through these for like five minutes straight with it's crazy like I've never seen anything like it before so there's one of the longer ones is right after stocks in the beach you drive up this little hill and then you just go straight through a mountain to the other side it's pretty crazy um and it's pretty impressive actually some of them are one lane um which is pretty terrifying and then there's just like these little cutouts in the wall that if you see headlights you're supposed to like turn into and let them pass and then go to the next one um so that was pretty sketchy uh, but yeah, those, those tunnels are very impressive. Uh, and if you do the ring road, you'll probably see, I think I went through maybe three or four of them, uh, along the entire road. So pretty cool. So around this time of night, it was like, I don't know, probably midnight, one, two in the morning. I don't know. Uh, but I pulled over <laughs> at this little like parking area and slept for like two hours. Uh, and then I got up and I drove to Sadis Fjorder. Now this is a little town that was actually pretty far off uh, the Ring Road, but i had seen some awesome photos of it and I wanted to check it out. Um, one of the main things about this town is there's this like light blue church that sits at the end of this main road and there's like this rainbow walkway that goes to it. Um, and so it's just really colorful um, and it's just like a quaint little town. So I pull up there and it's like four in the morning. <laughs> And it feels like it's, like, 9 or 10 o'clock just because of how bright it is out. And so I'm, like, walking around the town, taking pictures, and I realize it's literally 4.30 in the morning. And I'm like, you know, if someone looked outside and just saw me walking around, strolling in the town, they'd probably think I was crazy. Um, But, you know, it's it's Iceland, you know. While you're there, you might as well take advantage of it. So um, this was actually a pretty interesting place to get to because there wasn't a tunnel to get there you actually had to drive over top of this huge mountain to get there and and so it was really cool because obviously it's summertime so everything is green there's flowers blooming everywhere and so you start driving up this mountain and about halfway up you know you hit clouds and you can't see anything because the clouds are so thick and so you're driving through clouds for a few minutes and then all of a sudden you get above the clouds and there's just snow everywhere like it's a winter wonderland up there on the top of this mountain in July and you're like what in the world and so then you drive there's like a foot of snow on each side of the road and you're just driving through this Uh, and then you know you start heading down the other side of the mountain and then you go through the fog bank or the clouds and then all of a sudden you pop out and it's green again and it's like you're going into this other world where it's like separated by these clouds it's pretty cool. Um, I did that twice, I did that here, and then I actually had to, like, drive over the same mountain again. Um, it was kind of, I looked on the, on Google Maps, and I was literally, like, probably a mile from my next stop. But I had to, like, go this huge roundabout way over the mountain, like, through this other town, back over the mountain, and then to the town that I wanted to go to. And it took me, like, an hour to get there, and it would probably would have taken me, like, five minutes if I could have just, like, driven straight there. Um, so, yeah, Stadis Fjorder was a pretty cool town. I think it'd be pretty nice to maybe even spend the night there um, and, you know, go to some of the restaurants and shops. Um, it just looked like a really nice place um, to stay and hang out for a day or so. Um, so after that, I left, and the next little town I just mentioned was called Borgerfjordur Street. And this place is one of the better-known puffin nesting areas uh in iceland there's a few um they're the islands down south that you can take a ferry to um there's this place and then if you're in the west fjords um you can see puffins there as well but this place um, was one of the one of the top places to see puffins um and i was like why not i mean it added like an extra hour and a half um to the trip but it was totally worth it and this place was really cool You actually get to the town and then you continue driving maybe an extra 15-20 minutes uh, and it takes you to like this boat harbor and you can park up on the hill and then you can, you know, hike out into this little bitty island. There's like a, they've connected um, the mainland to this little island because they created a harbor out of the deal. Um, But you walk out there and there's like boardwalks going around through the nesting area so you can get like really close to all their nests and all the puffins but you're like not disrupting them and it's safe for everybody involved because you're not like tripping over rocks and stuff it's it's a really great place um to go and i'm really glad i went there uh the puffins were super cool um and very photogenic they were just like you know they'd stare at you and you know they were they're all pretty group like goofy how they fly and what they do so if you have a few extra hours i definitely recommend going there um definitely one of my favorite things that i did uh, while in iceland so from there uh, i actually i took a nap in the parking lot <laughs> um, of the puffin nesting grounds and then i headed off to Studlagill canyon um, and this is a canyon uh, there's there were two main canyons that i wanted to see i've Skipped the first one because um, when I was replanning my trip, the second itinerary, I'd like put it out of order. And so I went to go see how far away I was from it. And it was like, oh, you passed that three hours ago. And I was like, well, that sucks. But I'm not going to backtrack to <laughs> go see it. Um, so uh, Stude Lugo Canyon was really cool. It has all the basalt columns. Um, and there's actually two places to see this canyon. The first one is the first one that you're going to pass, <laughs> um, but it's not where Google Maps took, took me, and so I drove past it, and I went to like this viewing platform that takes you to where you actually want to go and see, but you want to see it from the other side. Um, so it's where all the columns are, um, so it's, it's a pretty nice viewpoint, but if you actually want to get down into the canyon and get really good views of it, you actually have to do this hike. Um, so the hike is from the previous entry point, um, and you can go down there. It took me about an hour or so to do the hike. I think it's maybe like a three hour, a three mile long hike, but this hike actually takes you past, um, the waterfall there. Um, that's actually in the Canyon and there's basalt columns behind the waterfall, which is really beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, it took me a, quite a while to do this hike. Um, But it, you know, it allowed me to get into the canyon, which is really awesome and is what I really wanted to do. Um, And then it started raining on the way back. And so I was completely drenched by the time I got to my car. But totally worth it. Um, You can't, you can see the waterfall from the road, but it's like this little tiny speck. So I definitely recommend doing the hike if you have the time and if you're up for, you know, uh, a few mile hike. Uh, But yeah, definitely check out this canyon. It's really cool. Um, whether or not you do the hike, or even if you just go to the viewing platform, um, definitely worth a stop. So, after doing this hike in the canyon, I headed out to the Dedifoss and Selfoss waterfalls. Um, Dedifoss was another one of the most massive waterfalls that I had seen. Um, you could actually see like the mist coming off the waterfalls from the Ring Road. And so, I'm driving and you know, Google Maps is telling me, like, I'm still 30 minutes away or whatever from the waterfall. And I'm like, I see mist coming, like, out of the horizon over there. Like, that has to be this waterfall. And sure enough, it was. Like, that's how big it was. I could literally see it, you know, 30 minutes away, just the, the mist coming out of the waterfall. Um, so Foss was pretty spectacular. Um, Foss is also there. And I had, all, I had thought I had missed Selfoss because there's a town called Selfoss in the south of Iceland. Um, and so I was kind of, you know, nice, a nice little surprise that, oh, I hadn't missed it. It's actually at this place too. So, Dedifoss and Selfoss, both of those waterfalls are at the same place. Um, and they're pretty close to each other. I think, you know, from the parking lot to Dedifoss was maybe a half a mile or a quarter of a mile hike. It took me like five, ten minutes to do. Uh, and then from there to Cellfoss is another like five or ten minutes, and then from Cellfoss back to the car lots like another five ten minutes. So it's a pretty a pretty cool place. Everything's pretty close. I was I was literally here at like two in the morning, um, and there were still like other people hiking around. So that was pretty pretty cool. Um, but Dedifoss was totally massive. Cellfoss was not as large. Um, it was still very impressive. But what I liked most about Selfoss, um was the actual river part. Um, from Selphos to Foss because it's all the same river, uh, was such like a, a, a teal blue, like just like a frosty blue color. I don't know how to really describe it. Um, it, it made me think of like what the Blue Lagoon looks like, um, and then there was black sand down there along the edge of the river, um, and it was just so beautiful. Um, that was one of my favorite places of that entire site, was the river in between the two actual waterfalls. Um, so definitely get close to the edge and peek over, um, to check that out. It's really pretty. Um, so after that, I headed to Husavik. Now Husavik is not on the ring road. It's actually at this point, I'm way up North in Iceland. Um, but I wanted to really explore the Northern part of the country. Um, and this was a really quaint, cute looking town that I saw. And so I wanted to check it out. Uh, I got there, you know, I was there at like three, four in the morning, so literally nothing was open, but if you're there during the day or if you, you know, stay a couple days there, this is like the whaling capital of Iceland, Um, and so there's the whale museum, which looked really cool. They have one of the few, I think there's only like three or four um, blue whale skeletons in the world in museums, and they have one there. Um, so they have like a few different like skeletons of whales um, and then just like facts and information about all the different types of whales. Um, they had like placards set up around, uh, around the bay there which I have walked around and read and stuff. Um, but I definitely would have gone to this museum if it was open while I was there so definitely check that out. Um, and then also go on a whale sightseeing tour if, you, if you've never done that. Um, I think this this would be the place to do it. Uh, I've never seen, like, I've gone out and I've seen, like, humpback whales, I think, before. Um, but here it was, like, literally every type of whale you could think of, you know, was, like, possible. of seeing. Like, you could see blue whales, humpback whales, sperm whales, orcas. Like, literally anything you could think of, you could see, you would have the chance of seeing on these whale tours. So definitely if that's something you're interested in, that's the place to do it, so check it out. Um, I I didn't spend too long there just because you know, there wasn't a lot to do because of the time um, I did walk around a little bit um, And it was it was a nice town. I'm glad I went there mainly for the drive the driving up there in the North of Iceland was super beautiful um, And definitely recommend just for the drives so after that I went to Godafoss which is another huge waterfall there um, and it's, this one was really cool because it's like literally two minutes from the parking lot you can just go and there's there's this huge waterfall um, and it was like 4 in the morning so I went ahead and there was a couple other cars parked there for the night so I went ahead and called it a day um, and went ahead and took a quick nap. Uh, I think I probably slept for maybe 3 hours or so until other people started to show up to the park uh, and then I woke up and then I headed out to Siglu, uh, Siglu Fjorder. Um, this is another town in North Iceland, um, and it's on what's called Route or Road 76, which is apparently one of the prettiest drives that you can do in Iceland. Um, and I would agree. It was really beautiful. It, all of these, like, fjords are like just these little fingers that go out into the ocean. And so you'd constantly just be driving along the coast. You'd drive up one, and you drive back down, drive up one, drive back down. It's like just going up and down your fingers while you're driving. Um, so, you know, you're always, you always have these great views. Um, there were just a ton of flowers blooming and it was, you know, just a great time to be driving up there. So I determined because all these towns I'd gone to, it had been like way late at night or way early in the morning. So I was like, okay, that's one of the reasons I stayed the night in God of Foss, Cause like, I want to experience one of these towns. So Sig, Siglufjordur was the town that I was like, okay, I'm gonna get there when things are open and kind of just explore the town and walk around. So I did, um, and it was really cool. They have um, it's called the Herring Museum there because they are like the herring capital of the world. They would, you know, can't like catch and can a bunch of fish and stuff and send it out like all over the world. Um, in the early 1900s, so that was pretty cool. Um, and there's like this really fancy chocolate shop that I went to. Uh, I think I paid like $4 for one piece of chocolate, and I don't think I would do it again, but it was delicious, so, you know. And then, one thing I forgot to mention in Reykjavik is that I went to the grocery store and bought peanut butter, Nutella, bread, bananas, chips, uh, and a pack of cookies. That cost me like $30, um, and that's, that was what I was going to be eating, because I knew that food in Iceland was pretty expensive. Um, and you could expect to pay, you know, $20 for any meal that you bought, whether it was like a hamburger, or fish and chips, you know, it was going to be $20. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just buy peanut butter and stuff. So I'd been eating peanut butter for, like, this was day six, I think. So like for six days, I'd just been eating peanut butter and Nutella and banana sandwiches, which were pretty good. Um, but by the sixth day, I was ready to eat something else. So um, I went to this nice restaurant and... Um, first off, their daily specials was they had like lamb as their daily special, and there's sheep everywhere in Iceland. So I was like, Okay, I'm gonna have to eat some lamb while I'm here. So I'm like, Sweet, that's what I'm gonna get. So I order it, and he's like, We don't have that. And I'm like, It's your daily special. And he's like, I know we don't have it. And I was like, Okay, well, then I guess I'll have your fresh cod, your fresh fish of the day. So I had some awesome cod. Uh, I had to get some seafood while I was there, too, obviously. Um, and it was it was awesome. I don't know if it's because i just been eating peanut butter for five days straight or if it was actually that good. Um, but I definitely recommend getting some fresh seafood or fish while you are up there in Iceland. So I spent a few hours there in that little town and then I headed off to Hvitsaker, um, which is this like basalt rock formation that sits right off the coast it's supposed to look like a rhinoceros, which it kind of does, but it was literally like two hours of detour to get to this place, like an hour there and an hour back to the ring road, and it was not impressive. So <laughs> that it was literally the least impressive thing that I did on this entire trip. Um, so like the drive there was nothing special. The site was nothing special. Like I literally got there. It was like a five minute walk from the parking lot. I sat there for maybe a minute looking at it, like, is this it? And then I walked back. (laughs) So if you are strapped on time, definitely bypass this. Even if you're not strapped on time, unless you're just like in love with rhinos and like that's your goal in life is to see every rhino rock formation in the world. There are a lot of other things that you could do in Iceland that would be far better to do. So that's just my, my two cents on Hvitsaker, uh the Rhino Basalt Formation up there in northern Iceland. Uh, so after that, I drove to the Snæfellsnes Peninsula, and let me tell you, this this was where I was just like super impressed. Like I knew that this peninsula would be cool, but it totally blew me away. Like everywhere on this peninsula was just absolutely beautiful, and I could have spent um, more time here for sure. Also, before I get into this peninsula, between Hvitsukur um, and Snæfellsnes, there are the West Fjords. Um, the West Fjords are really only accessible during the summertime. Um, and for most of the driving up there, you need a four x four. This is like sort of the wild west of Iceland up there. And there are a lot of beautiful things to see. Um, I probably could have snuck the West Fjords in because of just how Ahead of schedule, I was at this point, but I decided against it. Um, if I went back, I would probably tack on the West Fjords just because it looks so cool. Um, but yeah, if you go up during the summer, definitely check it out. If you go up during the winter, it's just way too cold and icy and snowy. Um, you can't really get into the West Fjords, but that's in between these two places. So, the Snæfellsnes Peninsula is mainly known for Kirkjufell and Foss. Um, and this is that little like cone. It looks like a cone from all the pictures with the waterfalls in front of it. But it's actually like, it's a pretty flat mountain. But then you're just like looking at it from the side. So it looks like a cone, which is pretty interesting. Um, I saw it as I was driving to it. And I'm like, wow, that's a really pretty mountain. And I stopped to take some pictures of it. And then I kept driving and I got closer and closer. And I was like, huh, that's Kirkjufell. <laughs> fell. Like, I never, I didn't even think that that was the same mountain because I'd never seen it from the side angle. Um, So I got there probably at like nine o'clock at night and the light was already starting to change and so I go out there and there's already like probably three or four you know professional photographers set up ready to capture the sunset um, at these waterfalls. It's probably one of the most you know photographed locations in all of Iceland. So I'm like I just kinda walk around I'm looking for a good spot to set up because I was gonna I was gonna spend the night here, and so I was like, "There's, I'm just gonna, you know, walk around. I want to catch a great sunset here. Like this is probably the sunset spot." So I'm, I walk around, I explore a little bit. It's really pretty, um, and so I probably, you know, stand out there until probably one or two in the morning, um, because you know it's weird, because you know the sunset's at like midnight, and so you watch the sunset, and then it always gets prettier after the sunset so then you're waiting and it's like 12:30, and it gets better and then it's one o'clock and it's better and then finally around two o'clock you're like okay it's not going to get better and so you pack up your stuff and you go to your car <laughs> so I go to the car and I turn on the heater because it's like it's below freezing for sure and so I'm like I warm up I I think I ate a sandwich and then I went to bed so I wake up around you know 4 4 30 something like that this is like an hour or two later if that And I wake up and the sun's starting to come up and it's a beautiful sunrise. So it was a beautiful sunset, beautiful sunrise. I'm still there. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll get up and I'll go, you know, take some more pictures. So I get up, I go out there. There's this guy sitting out there and he's he's literally been there like probably for 12 hours. Like he's like, yeah, I didn't go to bed last night. I've just stayed up all night. And I'm like, well, that's that's dedication to the game right there. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going to ever do this again. So I might as well give it all I've got like well that's 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 the way to think about it i guess so i got out there took some more pictures and then i headed out um to the snife national park um so first off Kirkjufell was beautiful the waterfalls were beautiful as well definitely recommend going at like sunrise sunset there's gonna be a ton of people there um i couldn't imagine like any other time like not sort of tail into covid um how many people would be there but Expect quite a few people. And you're not going to be there by yourself whether you get there at 1 in the morning or not. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, so Snifelstinus National Park was so cool. Um, it was just like all lava rock. And I felt like I was on a different planet. Like there was barely any greenery whatsoever. Um, it was just so weird looking. Uh, I loved it. Um, there was this one huge mountain there. Um, that was like ice-capped, which was really awesome, and there was like a halo of cloud around it, which was really cool. Um, there was just so much so much to look at, so much to see. Everything was just so unique looking. Um, the main reason I went there was, one, it's on the way. I mean, if, unless I made a U-turn, I'd have to go buy it, um, but there's the Svort to Loft Lighthouse, which is really awesome. It's like most of the lighthouses out there are painted neon orange um, to stand out, I suppose from the black rock. Um, but it's really cool. It's like I've never seen a lighthouse like it before. It's like a square column. Um, and so it was It was really interesting. It's really makes, you know, it's just really pretty out there with the gorgeous blue water, the black rock. Uh, so it's really cool. And then just driving around that whole national park um, was really cool in and of itself. So if you're in the peninsula, if you go to Kirkjufellsfoss, Felsfoss, don't just make a U-turn. Just go ahead and go over to that national park as well. It's really cool. And then on the southern edge of the peninsula um, is Buda, Buda Kirkon, Buda Kirlson. Um And this was a church. Um, it's a black church there. Um, and it's one of the more famous churches on the island. Um, it's really awesome. Uh, it's just sitting out there right on you know around the edge of the coast and it's a really beautiful stop Uh, so definitely if you're on the peninsula check that out there were quite a few other things to do i actually pulled over because i was driving and i just see this huge like there's like this cave looking thing in the cliff and i'm like there's a parking lot this would be pretty cool to hike up to so i park and it does not seem that far away like i'm probably like i can get there in 10 minutes I start hiking and like 45 minutes later, I'm still not at this cave. And I'm like, well, I'm almost there now, so I gotta keep walking. So it probably took me like 45 minutes to an hour to hike all the way up to this cave. And then I get there and it's just like this little crack in the rock and there's a stream coming out of the, like, out of the crack. So I have to like climb like carefully on rocks through the water. And I get inside this like cave and it's pretty terrifying. So. I forgot to mention, as before you even walk in there, there's like this placard at the parking lot, and it tells like this, um, like Icelandic folk tale about this like troll who used to live in this cave, and so you're like, oh, that's kind of creepy. And then you go in there, and literally as soon as I walk in, there's this dead bird that's just been like gutted and is laying on a rock in the middle of the cave, and I'm like, um, yeah. So I'm like, I'm out of here. So. <laughs> like it's really it's not like a cave cave it's more like a gorge through the rock um but it's so narrow that there's like barely any light coming in at all and there's just a stream running through the entire gorge so i did not go too deep into this so i'm not sure if the river is like the whole way and you just have to hike through water the entire time i think it'd be a pretty cool hike uh, especially if you're with someone else because i (laughs) i was out of there (laughs) as soon as i saw that bird Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty interesting, but there's stuff like that all over Iceland. That's like wherever you look, if you can find a parking spot, pull over and either take a picture, just enjoy the scenery, or there might just be some random hiking trail you knew nothing about. That's totally crazy. Um, so yeah, after that, um, after that church, the church was actually my last stop, Um, I drove, I continued on to Reykjavik. I think it was like maybe an hour from the peninsula. Um, And yeah, I got there around like nine in the morning. I had to go get a COVID test to fly back to the States. It was a super easy process. Got it taken care of in like maybe 30 minutes. Had my results in like six hours. Um, And yeah, I had another full day in Reykjavik, um, but it rained the entire day. And I was exhausted because... I'd been sleeping for like, you know, a couple hours at a time. So I literally slept for like 12 hours. Um, I went back to um, the volcano and then kind of just hung around the hotel for that last day. Um, so yeah, that was my Ring Road experience. Pretty crazy. Um, you know, if you are if you just have a couple days there in Reykjavik, you can definitely hit the Golden Circle. You could definitely go up to the Snæfellsnes Peninsula. If you, you know, really wanted to ball out and go for it and just, you know, stay out 24 hours, you could definitely drive all the way, you know, like to probably Vickenback back um, if you just had a couple days there. Um, so there's so much to do and see in Iceland and it's so beautiful. You will not be disappointed. Um, you know, I've, I've thought about it if I, when I go back because I definitely want to go back there one day. Do I want to go back in winter or in summer? And I would love to go in winter just so I could see like the northern lights. Um, but at the same time, it's like going during summer is so incredible and there's just so much more you know, opportunities for you to take advantage of. So I'm not really sure. I don't think I've decided yet. Um, but either option, I'm sure, would be beautiful. Um, just the landscape during winter would probably be incredible as well. So uh, with that being said, that's all I've got for Iceland. Let me know uh, if I forgot anything. I'm sure I did. There were so many things that <laughs> I like. You know, I wish I would have been able to add, but I just didn't have time to do. Um, So let me know what I missed. um, Or if you have, if you just think something I did was terrible um, and something I didn't do was way better. Um, Anyways, remember, it's up to you to make your life interesting. So get up, get out, explore the world. Take that next adventure. If you want to see any pictures from this trip, or if you want to see how any of these things are spelled, which I totally, you know, messed up saying probably 99% of them. Uh, check out my Instagram at EducateYourTravel. Um, and yeah, leave me a message, whatever you want to do. Anyways, that's all I got for you. So, that's it. Thanks for joining me here today. And I'll talk to you later.